Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Well, we are pivoting and turning toward a new uh, theme or a new subject, which will only be once this week. Um, but, um, you know, we talk a lot about the gospel, and in in the intro talks about that and our desire to grow in the gospel and to transfer that to the next generation. And so one of the things that you and I have been talking about is this issue of loving your neighbor, um, which I think is important during our current climate and culture that we find ourselves in currently right now. Um, And if we want to grow in our understanding of the gospel, then we really need to understand the command to love thy neighbor. And who is that neighbor? Who is your neighbor? We really need to do that. And so this is what we want to do today. We want to talk about the Good Samaritan. Uh, We feel like that's a great example uh, from the Bible that teaches us what does it mean to love someone whom you may not see or may not see as lovely um, in your own heart and mind. And so Christians have historically, you said this before we came on, Dad, you said historically Christians have struggled with being involved in people's lives, whether it's within the church or without the church, and maybe especially without the church. What did you mean by that when you said that? I just think that and I think that's been more obvious in the past uh, 50 years. There's been a decreased interest in our neighbor, our, mm. our people about us. We, um, When I was a boy, we all played together. My mm. wife grew up in a neighborhood where they all played together. They stayed out right. late playing together, and their parents didn't worry about them. We Kids would gather around our house. We'd play softball on the street. And it's a county road, street, but right. still we'd play softball, basketball. You know, we just – and the neighbors themselves interacted. <clears throat> neighbors were always asked my dad for help on something because he could fix stuff. And But back and forth. Back We just did stuff and knew, knew our neighbors. And um, we don't know our neighbors. We're not involved. And I think Christians – do little, if anything, in a neighborhood situation, just in a normal neighborhood situation, to right. to change that, to say, hey, I'm here, and uh, I want to know you, and if I can help you in any way, you know, it's just... Um, well, and I attest to that. I have a neighbor. I know that if I go and, and stop and talk with him, that's a half-hour conversation. Right. He's an older gentleman, Doesn't has a lot of time he, on his hands, yeah. so time means nothing to him. So there are times where I'm like, like, for instance, we needed a wheelbarrow the other day, and I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure he has one. I could probably go, Ugh. But then if I go borrow it, then it's going to be a half hour, half 45 hour. <laughs> minutes later, and then I'm not going to get this job done that I'm trying to get done. So and it's not are, that you don't want to talk no, to him. No, yeah. nor do I, and I care about him. But I think at some point we've got to get over that. Yeah, you know? that's true. There are times we um, just have to live with it. And, yeah. and so I think today we're going to talk about that. And, and I'll just say this. If you want to implement this on the current culture and – climate we're in right now, then so be it. We want the Word of God to speak to who we are as believers and who we are as believers and what God's commanded us to do yeah, through His Word are. and what we are. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're looking at the Good Samaritan, uh, and this is really one of the best places to address this issue, is to go to the parable of the Good Samaritan found in Luke 10, 25-37. So before we go any further, I think 
it, we're pretty familiar with it. Probably most of our listeners are familiar with this story, but maybe we just kind of give a little bit of an overview so we get context and know what's going on within this narrative, this story. Well, it was awful. It's a case Jesus was in conversation, and uh, I say conversation, he was teaching, and um, there was a Jewish uh, teacher of the law called a lawyer who um, asked a question with an ulterior motive, which wasn't all that unusual, you know, um, and wanted to know what um, what he had to do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus said, well, what does the, what does the law say? And he says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And Jesus said, well, do that. And obviously Jesus was not advocating salvation by works, but he was going somewhere with this. And, and the man said, well, who is my neighbor? Ah, now, now I've got him. Who's my neighbor? I mean, how do I know? How to love my neighbor as myself, so I don't know who my neighbor is. So so Jesus told of a man who was attacked and beaten by robbers out on the road somewhere, left half dead in the road, of two who came by. One was a priest, one was a Levite, who just went on the other side, kept going. Another man who came by and helped and went beyond the call of duty to help, did more than just you know, drag him off the side of the road or even take him somewhere and leave him. I mean, he did much to meet the needs of this man. And uh, so then Jesus poses a question that we'll come to at the end of our study or our talk here. But that's that's sort of the, the setting. And, and, and just having worked through this material myself, I'm going to be honest with you, I was convicted. Okay, and I, and I think you would probably concur with that. I was certainly reminded. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think I, that's what we want. We can, no matter what the issue is, from generation to generation, we now have a social media realm by which we think we are doing good. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with social media. By which we are accomplishing things and informing people and letting people know. But because we're part of that culture, then that's what we are. I would ask the listeners today, think how... I am being a social media influencer, or am I being a neighbor-loving influencer? Yeah, I don't. I think we'll see once we get through our talk here, our discussion that um, social media does not meet the definition of neighbor. Mm. And uh, um, so, and I bring that in because that's who we are today. It is. That's and so we I are. think it bears upon us, and we need to think and filter that through. So I was telling someone yesterday, I, said, I don't, I don't think Twitter has done good. No. I really don't think it has done good. You might argue that Facebook has done some good, but basically social media has not really done us good. Now, I, the only thing I would say is it does give a voice to those who don't have a voice. It does, and and, and, and it keeps some people honest in yeah. ways. So, yeah, there's right. that. But Twitter itself is, you know, well, anyway, that's and we, not our And subject. we say that as people who are on, on those on Twitter. platforms. Yeah. So, obviously – Keep up let's jump into here and yeah. let's see how yeah. we can apply this to our life. Right. Okay, so today we want to look at the Good Samaritan. These are three things that we're going to look at. The need of our neighbor, okay, the actual need, the neglect of our neighbor. I think that's going to be a key word, the neglect, and then the nearness of the neighbor. What does Jesus mean when he says neighbor? Okay, not not just the neighbor right. maybe way we think about what? it. So the, neighbor. the yeah. need of the neighbor what does the need of the neighbor within the Good Samaritan story illustrate to us? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, um, that's probably the most pointed, obvious thing is that there's a 
person here. He's with, hurt with need. Right. In fact, he's half dead. He's been what attacked. The says. Yeah. He's been abused. Left for right. dead. Right. And uh, so I think this illustrates to us. I don't think it's at all a stretch to illustrate the, the prevalence of need. There is a there is a prevalence of need, and. Of around us, that need is apparent. It doesn't have. We don't have to look far to find need. Mm-hmm. You know, if our excuse is that, well, I didn't know. You know, that in Proverbs there's a passage that says, if you say, "Behold, I did not know it," you know, and I didn't didn't advocate for the person who had need because I didn't know. You know, does he? Does it not he who knows the hearts consider it? God knows our hearts. He they don't wash with the Lord. The need is prevalent. It's apparent. That's, that's evident here, which then begs the question, if need is apparent, is it a priority? And we talk about the priority of need. Because there's so much need, the question then is, is it a priority to you and me? Is it a priority to us as Christians? And not just within the church, but outside the church. Is the need of our neighbor a priority? Well, and I think something we have to realize is, speaking within the culture of social media and our internet, information's pretty readily available. Now, we have to be discerning because I think a lot of information can be false or, as we like to call it, fake news. <laughs> but I think information is readily available of just mass quantity of need, Right. let alone the need that stares you in the face when you walk out the door. And if you're not seeing that need as you walk out the door, then I think you mean to pray that the Lord would open your eyes, that you might see the need around you. Maybe take the eyes off yourself, because people talk about self-love, self-love. No, we love ourselves a lot. And we are – our needs are our priority. Right. You know, we are are fixed on our needs, so – question is, is our neighbor's need a priority? Right. Okay, so we talk about the need of our neighbor. What about the neglect of our neighbor? Um, that sort of sticks out here in the narrative because you have two men who go by. One is a Levite, one's a priest, and they um, – um, well, what's obvious is the reality of neglect. What what this illustrates to you and to me and to those listening is that our neglect is not supposed. It is actual. Well, because you have two men in here who neglect to do what they're supposed to do. Oddly enough, they're spiritual leaders, and I put quotations around that. Yep. They were people who were well-respected in society. By the religious community. Yeah. Right. So what you're saying is, is the neglect is real. It's a reality. And it's a reality among the Christians toward their neighbor. This needs to be something we understand. Right. So uh, we don't need to ignore the fact that we tend to ignore right. <laughs> need. Uh, and and that, then that begs the question, what's the reason for neglect? Um, some of this we can suppose, but we can just impose human nature upon the situation. Our We're own not told why inclinations, if you will. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, why would a man who's a priest ignore someone who's obviously life is threatened? Why – there's no one around. There's <clears throat> Why would a Levite ignore such a person? And I, I believe that this is the old thing, I don't want to get involved. Why don't we want to get involved? Because we don't want to go to the trouble. We don't right. want to take the time. You mentioned time before. Or we don't want to take a chance. I mean, it's possible that these fellas – then we'll get their hands dirty mm-hmm. or bloody, 
But a second, maybe if I stop and help this guy, the same guys that jumped him would jump me. I mean, you know, right. that's that's a possibility. Sometimes there's danger involved, at least uh, some danger involved in helping our neighbor and meeting the need of our neighbor. So there are reasons why. And it could be they didn't care. They were afraid or they had the fear of man, what people well, think of it. I think something we have to bring out here at this point, the guy on the ground was obviously one of their own, at least it appears. Yeah. And we're going to find out later in the story that the person who ends up taking care of him is the person who is hated by the person on the ground. Fascinating exactly. enough. Exactly. But we'll continue on with that. The well, reason expect, for the neglect. So that leads us then to the rebellion of neglect. Uh, actually, for us to neglect our neighbor is to rebel against the command of Christ. And what is that command? The command is clear, love your Lord with all your heart, and the second is likened to it, love your neighbor as yourself. We are commanded to love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, it's not a question of whether we love ourselves. The Lord assumes, and Scripture, I believe, teaches that we do love ourselves. There are some bizarre ways of, of loving right. yourself. There are, there are things that are self-destructive. All of those are, in some sense, an evidence of self-love. And we, we're told that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. This is rebellion. It's, it can come through prejudice. It can come through selfishness. I don't want to spend the time, the money, the effort. Preconceived ideas. Yeah. Our pride. You know, I'm too good to get my hands dirty. I'm too good to get involved in that. I don't. Yeah. So, so I think these are some of the reasons that we who know the Lord ought to think through and ask the Lord to help us deal with in our own hearts. Are we guilty of rebelling against the Lord's command. And I think this is a good opportunity to introduce the fact that the Samaritans were half-breeds, if you will, for the Jews. And the Samaritan is the one who helps this person on the ground. That's incredible when you think about that. The person who was hated was the person who was helping. Yeah, the ethnic reject, the social reject, was the one who helped the neighbor. Yeah. And, you know, these spiritual leaders, and I put air quotes around it because they obviously weren't following the commands of Christ. They were spiritual leaders within their community, and they failed to do what the same commandment told them to do. Right. And they would have known what it was. They chose to ignore it. To me, no one's above this. I mean, no one's. There's no one outside of this purview of this story and the, the conviction that it brings. No, that we're all... We're all, we all all have the finger pointed at us. Yeah, we have reason to examine our hearts and uh, the failure that we might have of disobeying this command that is before exactly. us. So, okay, so we have the need of our neighbor, the neglect of our neighbor. Let's talk about the nearness of the neighbor. What does Jesus mean when he uses the word neighbor? Here? Yeah, this is kind of where the proverbial water hits the wheel um, because um, – there are actually two views, and Jesus puts those two views in, uh, if I could use a $60 word, a sit in juxtaposition to one another. The first is the natural view of a neighbor. I looked up in an old dictionary, I have the definition of neighbor. comes from, And I looked in an old dictionary because you get a little more etymology. It's, sometimes you get stuff you don't get into our dictionaries. Comes from two words. One is the word nay or nigh, which means near, and then the 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 end part burr comes from a another part of another word, which means to dwell. So to dwell near. 
That's our natural view of a neighbor. A neighbor is someone who lives nearby, someone next door, someone across the street, someone in our little neighborhood. And that's true. Those are neighbors. That's the natural view. That's the the normal definition of neighbor. And we might think in terms of, well, if our neighbor's gone, we'll cut his grass. Or if his house's on fire, we'll go wake him up and get him out. Right. You know, if dog's over in his yard and he's not home and dog's messing his yard up, we'll go run the dog. I mean, those, those kind of, now that's certainly being helpful. Neighborly. It's, it is. It's just neighborly. <laughs> it's a neighborly thing to do, as we say. But there's obvious, obviously more to this in this parable than mm-hmm. that. Well, based upon the question that he's been asked. Exactly. In the context that you find this story. There's Jesus wants the lawyer and us to look beyond the natural view to the scriptural view. And so when he gets into the story, the Samaritan has helped the fellow. The priest and Levite did not. He asked the big question, who then was neighbor to this man? Mm. I, I almost feel the deadness and the quietness. I don't know if they were in a room or if they were in a, you know, wherever they were at. But can you can you almost sense that maybe you could hear a pin drop? Yeah, maybe so. Well, because, I mean, think about this. He has blown their preconceived ideas out of the water. Yeah, and you get something out of the attention because it says, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves you know now he puts the onus not on um who is my neighbor but where are you in this Mm. he puts the onus on personal responsibility and so he he shows us and he shows this lawyer that he's asking the wrong question isn't that the case with so many things we ask the wrong questions therefore we get bad answers because we ask the wrong questions Mm. and we get wrong answers for ourselves because we've asked the wrong question and jesus said the question is not in essence he says the question is not who is your neighbor the question is who are you a neighbor to Mm. and when the need hits you when it's there yeah what are you doing about it? are you a neighbor to people right do you meet need do you recognize need? Do you live do you, your life in a way that is neighborly? Yeah, or do you neglect yeah. need? Right. Do you see any need as the need of one who's near enough that you can help? These well, are the questions. It's, it's fascinating to me because you have the religious leaders that are getting condemned here. They should have reached out, helped their, and I'll put quotations around this, their own kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you have the Samaritan who is the hated one, the uh-huh. half-breed. Hate is much more than Gentiles. Right. Who's helping the person that probably would say they hated him. Yeah. So there's so much going on in this story that I feel like just the implications are rolling out yeah. so strongly. It's a place for us to spend some time and ask the questions Jesus asked and ask ourselves if we're asking the right questions. Are we looking at this issue from a biblical perspective? Not and just a natural perspective. Are we taking personal responsibility for our relationship with and our investment in others? And I would just say this as we draw this to a close. We know what's going on out there right now. We're on social media. We read the same news articles, headlines that everybody's reading. But we just encourage brothers and sisters in Christ, love your neighbor as yourself. Be the Good Samaritan. Activism necessarily will not mean loving your neighbor. It may not necessarily not loving your neighbor. Right. But love your neighbor. 
posting on social media, maybe it could mean loving your neighbor, but most likely that's not how you're going to really genuinely love your neighbor. Right. I think that's... You may come up with a quip or a stinging remark on Twitter, but I can guarantee you that did not show love to your neighbor. Yeah, love for neighbors not seen in a zinger you wrote on Twitter, but in the investment you made on the road. And so what are we going to do? Church, what are we going to do? Right. The world's going to do what it does. You and I talked about that before we came on. The world's going to do what are we going to do. Right. Because at the end of the day, we're working toward the kingdom of God and the gospel we love so much. The kingdom of God and the gospel we love so much. I repeat that. That's what we're – Jesus said, go into all the nations, baptizing them and making – or making disciples and baptizing. That's what he commanded us to do. My friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, go do that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great content. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.